Hello, welcome everybody to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. We're here for week two action. You have your hosts. My name is Derek. I am one of the brothers and the other hosts, my brother Daryl. Daryl, what's yo, going yo. on, man? Hey man, feeling good. Week two in the books. It was uh it was quite a week, man. It, it was quite a week. I'm ready to dig into this stuff. Absolutely. We have more data points. We got more action. So, you know, we're starting the week off. Or we're wrapping it up, rather. So let's get into some Wrap That Ish Up, B. This is our weekly segment. <laughs> it's our weekly segment where we wrap up things. Shout out to Dave Chappelle skit years back. Had the Wrap It Up box. We wrapping this up. We moving on to week three action. So to start off wrapping this up i think you have to start with the miami versus baltimore game i mean yeah. just ridiculous amounts of scoring i should have the exact score off the top of my head but i don't because i'm more concerned with the 40 balls <laughs> i'm talking about lamar tua jalen waddle tyreek hill in PPR scoring, of course, at least each dropping 40 points plus. And it's probably more than that because your league probably has bonuses into it. Um, just to go first with Lamar, 21 from 29, 318 yards and three passing touchdowns. Oh, and guess what? He'll give you nine and 119 on the ground with the touchdown with that beautiful 79-yard gain just to the house. Lovely to see. Um, Tua, 36 for 50, 469 yards with six touchdowns. Had two picks as well. 40 ball. <laughs> and then finally, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, just amazing, man. Each with over 150-plus yards receiving, each with 11 catches, and each with two touchdowns. So, Let's start there. Um, Daryl, I'm going to throw it to you. Any thoughts, opinions on this? What did you see? Wow, there is a lot here. Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I did not realize Tua was capable of this. Um, and that's no shade to Tua, but, you know, if we think back to last year's Dolphins team, this kind of scoring output was not on the menu, you know? So that was yeah. that, that was amazing to see. And there's this whole thing coming into the year about can Tua, excuse me, can Tyreek and Waddle both eat? And looks like there was enough food this week, man. <laughs> um, there, those those boys went off. Um, you know, target shares were through the roof. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like Tyreek had over 20 targets or somewhere around there, and Tua and uh, Waddle was around 15 or so. Like it was. It, it was just amazing how much work and how concentrated that target share was between those two. So going forward, it feels like, you know, you can, you know, this isn't the kind of thing you would expect every week, but for Waddle, he's in play every week. You know, the, the way he slid down draft boards into uh fifth, sixth round kind of thing uh, yeah. over, over the summer and in the off season, he's in play, you know, that's, at, at the very least, you know you have yourself um, a boom bust kind of kind of guy that could you know be a slate wrecker. 
just an absolute slate record. So that was good to see from from the Miami offense, man. I um, it was my, my my mind was blown. I, I thought that game was over, you know, going into the fourth quarter. Um, other things that that I like, you know, nothing Lamar did was surprising to me because Lamar's right. line that's totally in his bag. You know, that's that that is something that at the higher end, you know, a higher end Lamar performance. That's exactly um, what it looks like. You know, it was good to see Rashad Bateman get back on the board with um, yes, with, with another long tutty. Um, only thing with him is, you know, these past two weeks, he's been these long touchdowns, and you know the the target share is not exactly where you where, where you want it to be. To feel like this can be a week on week thing, but it's the kind of thing where you know you know you put him in your lineup this is the kind of uh this is the kind of line you can get out of him and that's the kind of performance you can get out of him you know if that if he's going into your lineup as a wide receiver two wide receiver three and he puts up that kind of performance you can you can send your uh, you can send your fantasy opponents to the gulag man like that's <laughs> that's uh <laughs> that that was that was amazing to see out of out of him um I was kind of surprised to see the Baltimore defense give it up like that, though. Um, yeah. From my understanding, they are dealing with some injuries in the secondary. So, you know, maybe it's not that uh, that shocking. Plus, Tua – let me excuse me. Plus – why do I keep saying Tua when I want to say Tyreek? Plus Tyreek <laughs> and Waddle, you know, those boys are speed on speed. So, it's maybe the kind of thing where maybe the, the lesson is with those two on the field, anybody can get it. They catch you slipping, anybody right. can get it. So like that, right. those are my those are my uh, my front line takeaways. Um, I, I have some 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 uh, some back line takeaways I want to get to, but I want to throw it to you. Get get uh, get your opinions <laughs> on the matter. Okay. Um, yeah, so with Waddle, like going back to what you were saying, um, when drafts came, like he was a fifth, sixth round guy, it's like I was in situations where I was, you know, looking at it and I could have drafted him and some of the situations I did and some of them I didn't. And the situations I did, he's like the third wide receiver on my team. And like like you said, like just having that as a flex just hammer every week if my other two guys yeah. are off or slipping it's just like it's gravy baby um and then to your point on bateman um i wanted to get into some of his stats there uh let's see so four for 108 and a touchdown right excellent you love that but it was 58 snaps and he only played 36 of them so i don't know if they're just running a bunch of two tight end i didn't watch this game in detail a lot but I mean, 36 snaps out of, you know, 58 available. It's just kind of like, man, get this man on the field, son. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I had on on that. Yeah. That, the, yeah, the, the thing with Bateman is because, you know, you don't want to say it's concerning because he's put in two ridiculously good performances in a row on kind of a shaky, shaky volume. You know, he had um, – he has – seven targets um, to, you know, Mark Andrews is 11, which is, you know, Andrews is totally expected to lead this team in targets. But like you were talking about with that, um, with that snap share, you know, 
maybe it was the kind of thing where, you know, Baltimore had a lead in this game. And, and like I said earlier, you know, it looked like they were about to cruise to, uh, to a win. They just had to, you know, kind of nail it down in the fourth quarter and they did not. So, right. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering if, if maybe Bateman's, um, Bateman's snap share might've been affected by the fact that, you know, they felt they had a hammer lock on this game. So we're going to go a little bit bigger and, um, right. and try to, and try to bleed this clock out and whatnot. Um, I, I need to go back and, and watch this game uh, to, to, to see if that was the case. But all that said, you see what this boy is doing on seven targets a game. Harbaugh and them got to get this boy out there more, man. You know, it's, there's there's no excuses um, to to not have him on the field like damn near all of the time. Now, like that's and if if for nothing else, then it's a scare tactic, you know. Right. Can take it to the house. You know, he t- he took a slant to the house this game. Last game, uh, it was like a, a 60, 70 something yard bomb from from mm-hmm. Lamar. So you know this the kid is dangerous anywhere he gets the ball. So hopefully. Uh, who is that? Who is that there? That OC Greg Roman, I want to say. You know, there's been complaints about him now for years and, and what he's doing with that offense. But hopefully, <laughs> you know, this will be something that, to encourage him to get Rashad like out on the field even more because there's – I can't see a reason for them to take him off the field. I mean, there's not – you know, you look at that um, – at the depth chart behind him, Duvernay, Robinson – Tylen Wallace, I, you know Isaiah Likely. Who? You know, yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. You know, on, on that Mike Jones. You know, but so so yeah. Uh, ho- hopefully that'll that'll come around as as the season goes by, and you know this will just be a prelude of things to come as far as um, his usage and snap share going forward. Um, now, as for those those backline takeaways that I had before, just like real quick don't have clue one what's going on with Chase Evans. He's been one of the most disappointing players in fantasy um, Man. this year. And, you know, losing snaps and carries to Raheem Mostert. Um, this looks to be a bit of a mess at the moment. I'm not too, um, I'm not too enthused to go out and put a bunch of fab down to get Mostert, um, you know, but that this is a mess, and especially considering where Edmonds was drafted, um, this is this is starting to kind of look like a bit of a problem for him. Definitely, definitely downgrading him based on what you thought of him coming into the season. Right, and I'm, I'm completely in line with you on that. Uh, regarding Chase Edmonds, he played 36 of the 71 snaps, so you're looking at about a 50% snap share there for him. Raheem Mostert was 39 out of 71, so. They were on the field together at least for a little bit because those numbers add up to 75. So it's about 50-50 split there, man. Routes ran were 50-50 on that, 25 for Moster, 26 for Chase. So, I mean, if it's going to be like this, then those Chase Edmonds shares, you know, you're, you're still going to get some production, but it's not going to be what you drafted them for. Yeah, yeah, he moves into I, – I don't even consider him an RB2 right now. Like, he's – He's he's in flex consideration uh, for for me, um, but I will say this though: I'm not giving up on him or, or anything like that because all this stuff kind of builds 
week on week. You know, the teams teams that Miami is going to face now, they're going to have this tape from this week and guarantee a bunch of attention is going to be paid to those wideouts. So who's to stay? Maybe that starts opening up some room for that running game in Miami to start playing out. I mean, excuse me, to, to start kind of exploding and being a little more uh, and being a little bit more effective for them, you know, at, at least fantasy wise, um, maybe a little bit more volume starts to starts to come through to hopefully to Edmonds, but maybe to him and Mostert. So, you know, that that downgrade doesn't mean I'm giving up on him. It's just, you know, I'm hesitating to put him into my lineup at, at this moment. Right. It's in that consideration of your flex. And there you're looking at whatever other wide receivers you have or if you happen to have another running back with some upside. And it's like, eh, Chase may not make that starting lineup today. So I understand. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to touch on this game at all? No, that's 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 it, really. That, that's it, really. I mean, we could sit here and talk about that game all day. But like as far as the highlights, <laughs> no, that's that's good. We can move on to the next. We move. Let's go to Monday quarterback delights, man. So for some reason in week two, we got two Monday night games. Don't know why, but here we are. And we got wonderful production from Josh Allen, 317 in the air with four touchdowns. And hammer don't hurt him, a.k.a. Jalen Hurts, man. 26 for 31 for 333 yards and a tutty. Then a man gave you two tutties on the ground on 11 attempts for 57 yards. Man, um, I'm going to hand this off to you. Any thoughts here on either one of those guys? Yeah, so, you know, just real quick on Josh Allen, the same thing I said about Lamar earlier. This is not a shocking line from him. You know, it's it's great. You know, you, you you hope to see it. You you love to see it. But this is totally in his bag. You know, this is. Right. You know, you you don't expect this, but you know, if you're playing against Josh Allen, let's say in a given week, and this happens to you, you can't be surprised. You know, that's just what that's that's Josh Allen things. That's why he was going um, in the third round, and in drafts. So you know that's. You know, kudos for Josh to, to to doing that, but you know it's not a huge shocker. Now, I would like to talk about Jalen a little bit though, because um, let's go. I'm, I'm not some, uh, I'm 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 not a guru when it comes to looking at tape and breaking down stuff and all that. But um, just from my untrained eye, I watched that game. He looked very very good last night, like like very good, like making his reads, getting the ball out on time, like making good decisions about when to run when he ran running hard that second um that second rushing touchdown he had was just big boy you know was, yeah <laughs> it was it wasn't you know his his normal you know I'm just faster than you I'm gonna beat you to the corner and you know tip the ball over the edge of the pylon and duck out of bounds like no he he went through you know he he marched on Lynch that he he went through a motherfucker face, man. Like that was, <laughs> it was, yeah. that, that, that was very impressive to see. He got, he got Devonte Smith um, on the, on the board. Finally, um, where Devonte ended up with seven receptions on seven targets or 80 yards. Like yeah. the, the reports of Devonte's demise 
you know, those those were a little too soon. The boy was out there last night, and um, you know, the targets were pretty spread last night. Jalen was hitting everybody. Goddard six targets, Devontae seven targets, AJ Brown eight targets. So you know, from Hertz's perspective, it's kind of what you would maybe think going into the year. He has three outstanding weapons in AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and uh, and Dallas Goddard, and he peppered all of them. Now, you know, for AJ Brown owners, maybe you know you may be in a situation where only eight targets. I don't know, but um, given what he did last week and you know his production this week wasn't terrible. You know, it's five for sixty nine on on eight targets. You know, you'll you'll take that and. Maybe next week will be his week to get into the end zone, maybe get a few more targets or connect um, for for longer plays and whatnot. But, yeah, right. Jalen's looking like he's in a position, man. He might be able to push. Um, he might be able to push Josh Allen for, um, for quarterback one. And just like real quick, I know I'm taking a bunch of time here, but uh, something I want to talk about is the rest of Philadelphia's schedule. The Commanders, the Jaguars, the Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. These boys are not playing a a murderer's (laughs) row at all. At at all. You know, there's... Sounding like layup lines to me. Yeah, there's a potential for them to, you know, sprint out to just a commanding lead in the uh in not, not just in their division but in the um in, in the NFC overall so you know this this team is this team is well positioned to do some big things and you know given what they did to the Vikings yesterday who looked the Vikings looked pretty good you know that that week one game against the Packers they, they packed up the Packers and and for um <laughs> And for Jalen and them to come there. out and do what they did last night, man, you know this this team is is going to be something. And for if Jalen can keep playing like this for fantasy, um, from a fantasy perspective, I think he has a legit chance to push Josh uh, Josh Allen for that quarterback one. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that on that last statement for sure. Um, I mean, he had 90 yards in the first game and a touchdown running, and now he comes back with two touchdowns. It's just like, man, that, that, that dude's just a handful. Uh, but from the perspective of, like, if you owned any Philly wide receiver or receiving individual, you know, you you left that game feeling fine because everybody ate. I mean, everybody got looks, you know what I'm saying, between, like you said, Goddard, um, Smith and AJ Brown. Now, of course, Jalen had the two touchdowns, but if say one of those touchdowns goes to AJ Brown or Devonta or you know Dallas Goddard, you know you're you're made in the shade, and the one passing touchdown ended up going to the one guy nobody really owns in fantasy. But you know, if you have any pass catchers in Philly, you're feeling fine, in my opinion. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. This offense looks like it's set up to hum. For, for for the rest of the year and you know we're saying this in week two you know injuries and other teams getting better and whatnot you know it's it's hard to say but like if you're just looking at just looking at today looking at the rest of their schedule um you know 
It's it's wheels up. It's wheels up and fairly to me. So are you saying I need to trade for Jalen Hurts right now for all my other teams that don't have him? <laughs> and if your <laughs> roster could survive what you're going to have to give away to get him, then uh, then, then, then yeah, that, that would be the move. But <laughs> yeah, otherwise you're going to need to get it tight in other areas, my boy. I got you. All right, let's uh let's move on. So another highlight of this week, at least from what we saw, was rookie wide receivers. Man, uh, we got four of note here, and also Traylon Burks. I mean, he led the Titans in um, receptions, but we're talking about these four here. Uh, let's start with Garrett Wilson, eight for one hundred two, two touchdowns on fourteen targets. Uh, Drake London. 8 for 86 with a tutty on 12 targets. Uh, Jahan Dotson, um, he had 4 for 59 in a touchdown. But the note I want to make on him is that he played 73 of the 74 snaps. And then with Chris Olave, he had 13 targets, man, 13 of them. And he went 5 for 80, and he did have a fumble on the deep ball. And I just remember I hit you on WhatsApp. At about 12.59, and I was like, I remember the time because I looked at it earlier. And I was like, bro, Winston and Olave, this deep ball, it looked like it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> and lo and behold, it was like two or three other shots, and then there was another shot finally. He got it, caught it, and then he fumbled. And it was just like, ah. But we finally got that deep shot. Um, I believe he's probably leading the league in air yards, but – yeah, I'm going to hand it off to you, man. Any thoughts on any of these four guys? Yeah, I would imagine he's leading the league in air yards. I mean, he had, like, th- I want to say it's like 365 air yards um, in that in that game, which has to be close to some kind of record. Um, you know, this is, I guess this is the new NFL, man, because, you know, it used to be with wide receivers coming into the league, you wouldn't expect them to really do anything fantasy wise and maybe even on the field for like, until like year two or year three. But these young fellas ain't waiting for anybody anymore, man. Um, You know, this is with with Olave in particular. Yeah. I do remember that, that exchange that we had and you know what he, he had the fumble, but if you go back and look at the play, it was like kind of awkward, you know, he kind of lost his footing and, Mm -hmm. um, and he was kind of going to the ground. He just landed kind of awkwardly. And the thing is, he had burned his defender so badly that, you know, when he had that awkward landing, if his defender had, um, if his defender had like maybe laid a finger on him, it was one of those things where the ground caused the fumble. And so yeah. it wouldn't have been a fumble. But he had left the defender so far in the dust that when the ground caused the <laughs> fumble, nobody had touched him down. So, you know. Yeah. It's just a regular old fumble, so you know that was that that was kind of funny. But um, you know, there's no denying that that uh, that's the part of the Saints' offense that he's going to carry. He's going to be that that deep guy. You know, Jameis is looking for him. Jameis is not shy at all about airing the ball out. And so you know, Olave's he's looking pretty prime right now to to have a few breakout games. Um, he's a guy that has kind of slate breaking potential. I don't, um, you know, I think time will tell on his week to week 
type of value um, on to to your to your regular fantasy teams and whatnot. Um, he's setting up to be kind of a boom bust kind of guy, um, but it's good to have those on your roster, you know, in your wide receiver three spot, your flex spot type, type thing. So yeah, Jahan Dotson. Well, actually, let me skip over Jahan Dotson. Let me get to Drake London. It's looking like he might be the truth. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. really like I don't say this lightly. It's looking like he might be the truth. It's looking like I don't want to blaspheme here, but Uh-oh. he's looking like kind of maybe a potential Jamar Chase rookie year. Okay. Type of guy. Okay. You know, All right. He's he's he he he's looking like he could potentially be on that level. I mean. The target share and the and the route share that he's getting his um, his uh, his air yard share and you know what I know this is bad podcasting but I want to take the time <laughs> to actually to actually put give you these numbers so if you bear with me right here um, so yeah this past week eighty nine percent of the routes thirty nine percent of targets per route run. 46% of the targets overall, 47% <laughs> of their air yards. That is oh, man. elite. That's elite. <laughs> and the thing is, he did something with it. He did yeah. something with it. You know, it wasn't just it wasn't just a hope and a prayer type stuff. You know, he 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 did something with it. You wish maybe he'd have better quarterback play than being with Mariota, but you know. Eight receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets on a team that's looking like, you know, um, trailing scripts will not be too foreign to these guys, man. This this kid has this kid has a lot, a lot of potential. And I know he's one of the guys that um coming into the one of the rookies that coming into the year, Matt Harmon, absolutely loved uh, with his reception perception, um, yeah. scouting and whatnot. So um, it's looking like wheels up for him. I don't know how easy he would be to acquire um, via trade. It goes without saying if he's sitting on your, your waiver wires, which he absolutely should not be. If he's sitting on your waiver wires, you might need to be looking for a more competitive league. But, um, <laughs> right. He, There's no way he's on the waiver wire in any league we're yeah. in. Man. But, yeah, you know, if you, um, you know, I don't even know if you could trade for him right now because the uh, the Drake London owner of your league is probably looking for a brick to uh, to to get him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with him, and I wish I had more shares of him in uh, in best ball going forward for sure. Um, and now, just real quick to hit on Garrett Wilson, he's another one that you know his his profile you know for his um his production profile from ohio state his um his combine all that stuff will lead you to think this kid's going to be able to do something and when he got his chance uh when he got his chance on sunday he did now you know there's a bit of a log jam there and uh in in new york wilson should be on the field more than he was in week one going forward after what he showed today. You know, I don't think you need to be taking him off the field for 
the likes of you know a Braxton Berrios, um, who who was <laughs> Braxton Berrios was down for this game, and no no shade to Berrios, you know he's yeah. man Berrios was pretty legit um, last year, you know put him in as a flex or a wide receiver three, you know this is no shade to him, but he is not Garrett Wilson, right? He 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 just he just is not. He does not have the they like the explosion and like you get Garrett Wilson in the open field, it's night night. You know, that's that's it. You know, Barrios doesn't bring that to the table. And to me, if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at a situation for with my two receiver sets, that kid needs to be on the field. It needs to be him and Elijah Moore on the field on their two receiver sets. So, you know, hopefully this performance that we saw, which was which was undeniably a great performance, hopefully this performance that we saw encourages that coaching staff in New York to get this kid on the field more going forward. You know, it's the same kind of situation with what we were talking about uh, with Rashad Bateman earlier. You know, you want to hopefully assume rational coaching leads you to get these guys on the, get these playmakers on the field and keep them there. So that, that that's my thoughts on those guys. Um, Jahan Dawson, to be honest, I didn't really watch that, uh, that game too much, but his usage, Looks great. You know, it looks like he's going to maybe eat into what you thought uh, Terry McLaurin was going to be doing this this year. But the kids, the kids snap share and, and um, is, is going to be there. So he's a solid he's a solid wide receiver three wide receiver two type. So, um, yeah, these these rookies, man, these four rookies are looking very, very good. No reason to be shy about putting them into your lineups. Okay, and that was a question I was going to pose to you, but uh, the first thing I wanted to just discuss with uh, with Garrett Wilson, yeah, he was the third man on that um, on the amount of snaps with forty three. Elijah Moore led with sixty six, and Corey Davis had fifty five of them. Um, but you know, again, Garrett Wilson had fourteen targets. So, man, you you play forty three snaps. Of those forty three snaps, thirty seven of those you're running a route. And of those 37, you're getting 14 targets. It's just like, my goodness, man. And he did something with it. So, like, you, if you're the Jets, you have to make that adjustment. I mean, it may not be next week, but it's it's got to come soon, man. Um, and the question I was going to ask to you is, of these four, are you comfortable with starting all four in your lineups right now and thinking two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, and two flex spots? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Drake London, yes. Olave. Okay, Drake London, yes, in my wide receiver two spot. Olave, yeah, I put Olave in as a wide receiver two flex. Hopefully he's like, you know, when you were talking about that that second flex, I'd like to get him in in my second flex. Garrett Wilson, second flex. Um, Jahan Dotson, first or second flex, yeah. Um, maybe Jahan Dotson, maybe even low end wide receiver too. So yeah, I would feel I, I would feel comfortable, you know, especially in a good matchup with any of the four of them in my lineup. I think that Wilson would give me the most pause just because of that wide receiver rotation. You know, assuming everybody's healthy with Moore, Barrios, Davis, and Wilson. Davis, uh, <laughs> 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 oh, 
Uh, shout out, Coach stupid, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, um, like, like we said oh, already, man. hopefully this encourages them to move him up the pecking order and get him on, on the field more because it looks like he's earned it. Not to mention you drafted the guy in the first round. So, um, so right. yeah, I, Wilson gives me the most pause, and it's not because of talent. It's just because of the rotation that's up there. And, uh, yeah, I just haven't seen that coaching staff. Uh, they don't seem like maybe the sharpest bunch to me, but I could <laughs> be wrong. I could be wrong. I have not watched a whole lot of Jets football, so let me not um, baselessly slander folks out here. Yeah, don't do that, man. And like I mentioned before we kind of started the segment, uh, Traylon Burks had four for 47 on six targets, led the team in targets. Um, so he'll be probably a rookie wide receiver that we'll be discussing at some point this season. But Yeah, he's definitely move... an upgrade from where he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We move on. Let's continue wrapping this up with, I'm still standing. I'm still strong. A salute to Antoine Fisher, the movie, um, when he was, I believe, was it his grandma or his mom, um, giving his soliloquy and whatnot. But these are basically guys that didn't have a great week one, but showed you why you drafted them. And these are guys that were drafted, you know, pretty high up, second, third, and fourth round, just depending on your league. Uh, we first go with Nick Chubb, 17 for 87, and three touchdowns. One of those touchdowns being uh, controversial as far as maybe he should have slid or whatever it may be, waste time, but we don't care about that. This is fantasy. And he also had three targets, three catches for 26 yards and played 54% of the snaps. Aaron Jones, 15 for 132 and one, and he had three for 38 and one in the air as well. And he played 59% of the snaps. And then Mike Will made it. Mike Will taking advantage of Keenan Allen being out for an injury. He had eight for 113 and a touchdown on 10 targets, leading that team across the board there on those stats. So, Daryl, any thoughts on these three at all? Yeah. Okay. So, of those three, you know, we all, they were all drafted relatively high, all you know, expected to produce coming into this year. I think the one who is the most wheels up of, of all of all those three guys that you mentioned is Aaron Jones, because we saw, we saw this, you know, we had heard this talk and, you know, we heard, we hear teams talk about, you know, we need to get both of these running backs in the game at the same time. You know, that's the thing with the Cowboys with, um, talking about getting Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time. And, you know, same thing right. with Green Bay. But what we saw with Green Bay is, like, they actually made it work. They, you know, it actually looked pretty damn good with um, with Jones and Dylan on the field at the same time. And so, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of last year with this start with Green Bay. They went out last year. I want to say it was the Saints that rolled them up uh, to start – Last year, yeah, and, put them know, boys in a blender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The same way that uh, that Minnesota did to them last week, and then what happened? They came out and they're like, "Okay, time time to play." And maybe that has something to do with the fact that um, I think the, I think the Packers coaches don't play their starters during the preseason, so may, may, maybe that's 
something there. Maybe that's something to look into next season. Well, if Aaron Rodgers will be back next season, if he's not, then well, I don't even know what to do with these uh, with these Green Bay dudes. But anyway, talking about this year, <laughs> um, yeah, that two back approach between Jones and Dylan looked really, really good. It, it looks like something yeah. they can work with, and it's something that'll be necessary given that their that wide receiver room is not the most impressive thing you've uh you you've ever seen so you know they that offense i think the takeaway was that offense actually looks like it can hurt you you know they they got lazard back um and whatnot and it, it looks like they can hurt you they can put you in a position where you're never right you know or, you know if you if you want to bulk up and put a bunch of linebackers out there, well, we'll dink and dunk you with these with these receivers. You want to go light and try to match up with these receivers. And again, not that the receivers are going to tear you up, but you know, if they get a step, Rogers can put it on them, kind of, kind right. of thing. You know, it's it's the quarterback who's making that. And then if you want to go light in the box, well, they got Dylan and Jones to roll you up there. So. You know, it was it, that was a very encouraging sign, and I know that Aaron Jones is the kind of player that can be real streaky and whatnot. And you know, he'll put up that two touchdown game, and then you may not hear from him for three or four weeks. But you know, and it could be a, a bit a bit of a grain of salt. They did this to Chicago, but I mean, what they what they did to me, it looked like something that could potentially be sustainable. And so, I'd be very very excited about Aaron Jones going forward. I'd be very excited about. AJ Dillon as as well because you know the man was out there he was on out there on 57 percent of snaps you yeah. know 47 percent of rushing which is which is still pretty pretty good you know 13 percent of the targets you know the, the that man could do it all too so you know both of those guys I, I I feel really 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 good about them now as for the other two, on the list when we're looking at Mike Will and Nick Chubb. Kudos to them for going off the way they did. I'll hit Chubb first. You know, Cleveland was up big in that game. They had a Nick Chubb script. That was Nick, you know, the way that game played out. They were up big until they weren't. <laughs> and then they ended up losing a... <laughs> Then they ended up losing that game, but up until the time that the game, you know, you know, from the time that they were up big, pretty much all the way to the end, that was still Nick Chubb's script time, because you know they were either leading or the game was still close, and so that's when, that's when Chubb is going to shine. I don't think it changes much for him going forward. You know, when if you have the opposite script where, you know, they're down big and they get into you know kind of a pass heavier attack when that becomes necessary, you know, I think this type of performance is going to dry up for him. And it's, you know, it's just, just like as a quick side note, it's just such a damn shame, man. Like, you know, I wish this, you know, he's got to compete for touches with Kareem Hunt, who in his own right is a damn good back. And it's like on pretty much 31 other teams or, you know, maybe not exactly 31, (laughs) but near 31 other teams, you know, Chubb would be just just this all world, you know. You know, you, you're giving him McCaffrey or Saquon's workload, and you know the the guy would just explode. But it just so happens that he plays with one of the best 12, 13, 14 backs in the league, and so that split 
and that situation is what it is. So, you know, excuse me, you, you caught them on a good game script, good for Nick Chubb. I don't think it changes much about his um, about his outlook going forward. As for Mike Williams, you know, he is totally capable of this. You know, I guess the same kind of thing with Nick Chubb. He's totally capable of this, but, um, you know, as you know, uh, Keenan Allen was out, and, um, you know, that that probably, I don't, I can't even say probably, I think that definitely made an impact on on how much of the ball he was able to see because if you if you watch that game, Mike Williams was not out there just like burning people and routing people up and getting open. You know, he was out there winning a bunch of contested balls. And it's good to see that Herbert has that kind of faith in him um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, in the times when it becomes necessary, we know that Herbert will go to him. But on several of those completions and several of those targets that he got, you could just imagine, well, if Keenan Allen had put the doo-wop on somebody in the middle of the field, he would have gotten the ball there because Mike Williams was not particularly open on a lot of those plays. So, you know, I just take that that performance of his with with a grain of salt. Good to see that he's capable of it in a pinch when the when the team needs him to be. But also, you know, I got a small little bit of side eye when looking at this performance just because it came in the absence of uh, of Keenan Allen. Understood. Understood for sure on that. Um, just to put a, a wrap on this, um, A.J. Dillon with the 18 carries and three targets, I mean, you're getting 21 opportunities there with Aaron Jones getting 18. It's just like, yo, both of these guys are just solid every week starters for sure, and it, it worked. It it worked, like you said. So, yeah, curious to see how this goes going forward. Let's yeah. move on. We got a little – I got five on it, a.k.a. our waivers. Uh, A shout-out to the song back in the 90s. You need to be in fab leagues anyways where you're bidding for players. And I got five on it is basically the money we spending on players to acquire or we're thinking about acquiring. Um, So some of these guys here are um, less than 50% owned in sleeper. Uh, running backs starting there. It's a little rough this week. You may have some additional, um, Daryl, but I had TDP on here, uh, Ty Davis Price, but as we know, he got injured and is out for several weeks. So I put down Jordan Mason and then I put down Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin um, just in case uh, James Conner is going to be out um, this coming week. We haven't got official word on that, but yeah, those are one of the two guys you want to target just in case he does. Um, is it, it is out that week, but you got any running backs to add here? Um, not not really. I've, you know, like you said, Jordan Mason, um, you know, he's kind of next man up with, um, with TDP going down with a high ankle sprain. So um, TDP could be down for a while, and even when he comes back, we know that running backs aren't no shoot no players are really um, quite the same in the same season after a high ankle sprain. So I don't want to say that's a wrap on TDP season, but if everything else stays the way it is, and eventually Elijah comes back, and um, you know 
if we if we assume that nobody else gets hurt um, in their running back room, which is a which is a hefty assumption for the San Francisco running backs. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not that excited about the rest of TDP season. I'm not that excited to add Jordan Mason. His um, if you go over on player profile player player profiler, excuse me, um, his profile Jordan Mason's profile doesn't look all that impressive and I don't know he I wouldn't blow a whole lot of fab and you know what just just in general just overarching this week and um as far as your fab situation goes I don't unless you know some some true studs are out on your waiver wires this doesn't seem like a week to be blowing a whole bunch on fab to me um just and you know we'll, we'll get into other positions going forward but you know this isn't one of those weeks, you know, where some stud running back went down and his his immediate one for one backup is on. The, uh, this is like some nibble at the margins kind of kind of things. Um, only thing I will say is um, regard regarding the 49ers backfield is um, good old Marlon Mack just got called up from the practice squad. <laughs> Maybe he's a he's he's a stash like down at the end of your bench, um, you know, just just in case. But I mean, I know he was cut from the Texans. Was he cut from Baltimore, or did he just go up there to talk to him? Um, he, he, either way, he didn't stick in Baltimore, and you know, the Forty ers are like his third team already this year. So even if you do put him on your roster, I wouldn't hold out much hope. That's more of a wait and see how things play out, but. As far as the waiver wire goes and running back this week, I'm just not really too excited about about anything that's out there. Yeah, when I was going through the sheet and you were as well, it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but wide receivers, we move. Um, put on here, Greg Dortch had a decent game this past week. Um, with the suspension to Mike Evans, either Brashad Perriman or Russell Gage, potential um, options. And also I added Sterling Shepard as well. He led in targets with uh, the Giants. And then also we'll add Josh Palmer. He came in at 43% owned, still on, um, on Sleeper. So I'll just add him on there as well. Um, thoughts on those sure. guys and anyone else? Yeah. Oh, you know what I would say? Um, going back to the running backs, I I forgot to mention uh, Raheem Mostert. If um, if for some oh, reason yeah, he yeah, was yeah. available in your league, that's definitely a pickup that uh, that you want to be making. Um, just you know, we we talked about him and Chase Edmonds earlier, and if anything, you could say his arrow was pointed up and Chase Edmonds is pointed down a little bit based on last week's usage. But I think he's certainly deserving. You know, not for a whole bunch of fab, but I think he's certainly deserving of a spot on your roster just to see how these things, um, how how that backfield shakes out. Um, and the th- and the thing with him and Chase Edmonds too is like both of them have a propensity towards injury. So you know, if one or the other goes down, then the other one should you know you you would think should uh, have have a decent amount of value going forward. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it, it could hurt to throw a little bit at, um, at Mostert. 
Uh, the yeah, Josh Palmer solid. pickup that you mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying solid on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Josh Palmer pickup. Yeah. You know, I think that's um, I, I think that's a solid pickup. I don't know that you're picking him up to immediately plug him into your lineup, especially if Keenan Allen comes back. But um, he'd be a guy that, like, I, I certainly hold and see. Um, I would also like to add to the list um, Ashton Doolin. It's, okay. It's uh, okay. I think that he he's making a push to be that to be that wide receiver too on um, on the Colts. You know, this past week, you know, with with Michael Pittman out, granted, you know, twenty two percent of the target shares, sixty nine percent of the routes, thirty percent of the air yards. Um, you know. He's already beating, you know, Paris Campbell was out there last week. Paris Campbell played 86% of the snaps. Paris Campbell had 4% of the targets. Yeah. Ashton, you know, Ashton Doolin might, <laughs> it, it's looking like, you know, he might be, and, you know, the week before, Paris Campbell was out there for 82% of the routes and got a 9% target share. So, you know, when, when Doolin was at 13% last week. So, you know, Doolin is another one to maybe, uh, you know, if that offense is to go somewhere, like somebody is going to need to step up. Um, you know, Alec Pierce was out as well um, with a concussion, I, I want to say, but it's not like he lit the world up in week one and he dropped a for sure touchdown in week one as well. So, you know, I don't think it could hurt to put some chips on, uh, on Ashton Doolin as well. Will will you be itching to get him into your lineup the first week? He's off the he's off the waiver wire and on your roster. Probably not, but mm-hmm. he's certainly a hold and see how this goes type type of guy. I, I I would not be mad at anybody for doing that for you know for for a minimal fab bid for a minimal fab bid. Man, can't talk to that. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> tongue twister there. Um, let's go tight ends here. Put down Evan Ingram. Logan Thomas, Tyler Conklin, and Hayden Hurst. Um, I'll go real quickly um, on Evan Ingram. I just had the info up, and it went ghost on me, but it's back. So, yeah, he was out there 49 of the 71 snaps with the Jags this past week, but he had he had eight targets, and he led the team in targets, which is surprising, but – I think this is somebody that you need to add, um, especially if you're in the Cole commit um, <laughs> sweepstakes mm. and you're ready to get rid of him. I think Ingram can be a guy that you can add to your roster and, you know, he maybe go out there, get you five or six for 49, but you can live with that, you know, thoughts on these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Evan Ingram, he's a guy I put some money down on, especially if you're hurting. At tight end, I'd I'd put you know ten, fifteen, twenty percent of my fab. You know, you, depending on your league, and you know, you got to know your league mates and um, how how hammer droppy they are as far as spending early fab. Like as a for instance, and in, um in Derek and I's fantasy league, um, one of the other managers put down twenty five percent of his fab to pick up Taysom Hill um, to. Taysom, uh, is that his name? Taysom Hill? Yeah, it's Taysom Hill. <laughs> okay. 
why was I spacing on his last name? Yeah, put down twenty five percent of his fab on Taysom Hill. So holy jeez, just uh, just know your league. But these past two weeks, week one, Evan Ingram out there for eighty percent of the snaps. Week two, eighty five percent of the snaps. Um, his target share went up from eleven percent to twenty seven percent this past week. So. It's looking like, you know, they want him to be a piece of this offense, and it makes sense because behind Christian Kirk, everybody else is either unproven or old. You know, Marvin Jones is, (laughs) I want to say, 33. There's no shade to Marvin. Man, in his day, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones was like a mid-round beast, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvin Jones in the seventh, eighth round, and you'd be happy flexing him or putting him in your wide receiver two spot, especially during bye weeks, you know? So, no. No shade to the to the underrated legend um, Marvin Jones, but you know he's he's not the same guy anymore. Zay Jones as well, you know. Um, it's, Zay Jones is a guy I wouldn't mind having on the end of my bench for little to no fab as well, just because he's out there a lot, you know. He and that's kind of that's one of the key things to fantasy production. Are you on the field? Um, so right. you know. But anyway, I'm I'm getting too far afield. But yeah. That is a team that is in need of a second target behind the the beastie uh, Christian Kirk. So, you know, Evan Evan Ingram should be on your radar, and he should be a guy you should you should you should throw some throw some money behind. Um, he's he, he's getting the type of usage that um, that tight end ones get. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shy about going after him. Um, you know. Another guy I'd like to mention, uh, circle back to a couple guys. Uh, one guy from last week, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby was out there again, you know, and his ownership went up from last week. I think last I saw on Fantasy Pros, Tyler Higby was somewhere in the 60s in ownership percentage. So he's not, you know, completely widely available, but, you know, in about two thirds to 40% of leagues, he's he's available and like that just shouldn't be. Unless you have, um, unless you're sitting on a, you know, one of the top three guys. But anyway, um, again, out there for 90 plus percent of routes. This week he saw 25 percent of the targets. Um, you know, that's just that's just excellent usage from that guy, and he should not be. I'm sorry, he was out there for 80 percent of the routes, but still saw 26 percent of the targets. I'm I'm sorry, I was thinking of somebody else, but still. That's a guy that should not be on waiver wires. That is looking like he's profiling as like a low end tight end one. So scoop him up, you know, put don't be afraid to put some dollars behind him either. And the last guy I'd like to mention is Gerald Everett. Um he had a very good game last week against uh against Kansas City. How much of that is down to Donald Parham being out? Um, not not quite sure, but as long as Parham is injured, I think Parham may be out this this upcoming week. Gerald Everett, Gerald Gerald Everett is a good add as well to my mind. Got you. Yeah, good good mentions on those guys. Um, the only other guy I'll mention, and I didn't list it on here. Um, need if you're in need, Irv Smith. I mean, looks like his snap. Snap rate is going up. He did have a touchdown this week, so just another deep dive as well. But the other guys that we mentioned, I kind of like them um, above Irv Smith. So, and Irv Smith could have had an even bigger day because he dropped. Um, 
he dropped a wide open pass that he might have taken to the house last night. At, at the very least, he would have. Uh, I think there was maybe like twenty or so air yards on the pass, and then if he had caught it, he would have gained another twenty yards at least um, on of yak yardage. So you know he left a good anywhere between four and. 10 points on the field last night with that drop. So um, from whatever you saw his from his night last night, I mean, excuse me, from whatever you see in his box score and his fantasy score, just add another four to 10 points to that. And um, he, he could have had a really super excellent week this past week. So right. yeah, I, I think, I think he's a good add as well. And finally, we are here to quarterbacks. Um, there are probably people out here like myself that are in dire need of a quarterback with Trey Lance going down and being out for the season with the ankle injury. And so earlier today, you had text me talking about a quarterback and I'm going to turn it over to you because I got to hear this. Right. So, um, yeah, I said it. I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to say it with my chest. I, um, I think Marcus Mariota will be a good streamer this upcoming week. Um, they go and they play the Seahawks, who have not been playing very good defense at all this year. You know, they looked okay against um, against Denver. They didn't look particularly great against uh, San Francisco this past week. Uh, PFF has them rated as like one of the three worst, three or four worst pass defenses in the league. Um, And then you add on to the fact with Mariota that he has that rushing upside to him. I think as a guy that you could get off the waiver wire for basically free, um, Mm -hmm. I I think he's a good stopgap streamer streaming option this, this week. Um, You know, we talked earlier about Drake London. I really do believe that Drake London is, you know, I believe he has um, I'm him potential. So, you know, <laughs> he has that target. Kyle Pitts, we haven't talked too much about him today, but Kyle Pitts is still that dude. Kyle Pitts is still out there. Um, you know, I think he's out there for like 90% of the routes and whatnot. And, We've seen in weeks one and two that um, tight ends have made some pretty big plays against this Seattle defense. So on top of Mariota having Kyle Pitts as a good weapon to throw to, this could be a week where we see Kyle Pitts finally get off uh, get off the schneid and, and you know actually start making some noise in the 2022 season. So, yeah, I um, – I'm I'm all in on Mariota as a streaming option this week, especially for those of us who, because um, I lost Trey Lance in a in another um, managed league as well. So, yeah, I, I I really like Mariota this week. I'm not against it, but I think there are other options out there. And while I'm saying that, I'm thinking of the other options, and it's kind of like, man, they're all in that same bucket. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Jared Goff, um, he will be getting Minnesota. We just saw Minnesota's defense get carved up by Jalen Hurts. Granted, it was a, 
a good amount by his legs. Um, but we did see the, the wide receiver. Yeah, the threat of his legs too. Uh, we did see the receiving options eat there. And then, um, well, Jameis Winston is technically over 50%. But then there's also Jimmy G there. And I don't know about that as a solution long term. But, I mean, <laughs> it's it's an option for sure. Um, I would also mention Carson Wentz. He is over 50% on his sleeper, though. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of five guys there. Did you want to touch on any of those guys? Pause. Um, yeah, I, I just – okay, I want to talk about Jimmy G, but just in the context of um, him being a fill-in for – Trey Lance. The thing, you know, obviously the thing that had Trey Lance being taken anywhere from, you know, like sixth, sixth round to around tenth, eleventh round, is that rushing is that rushing upside. Right. And you know, obviously Jimmy G does not have that in his bag. And we we've seen we've seen Jimmy. His you know, if you get if you roll with Jimmy G as a, as a streamer, I think that's a pure like floor play. You know, he's, he may get you two touchdowns, um, two passing touchdowns. You know, they, they got who they have, they have Denver this week. I want to say and Denver, you know, the Denver defense is, that's not a, you know, if, if you throw out that first half against, um, against Seattle when they made Geno Smith look like Joe Montana. Um, this, this defense <laughs> has been playing has been playing really well, man. Their um, PFF has them overall rated as the number eight defense. Um, so I think Jimmy's fine. I'm just not – I'm just not excited to play him against Denver, and I don't – you know, let me let me see where that game and that game's in Denver. You know, it's in Denver. Um, yeah, yeah. you know that that play that play just really does nothing for me. You know, if you're in a pinch and you just got to have uh, somebody out there, or your team is like lights out and you just need to make sure that you get something out of the um, out of the quarterback position, then yeah, okay, but. I just I just don't see much much upside in 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 that play and so like he would be down my list of streamers is is all I'm saying. I don't I don't hate it but I don't I don't love it either. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I would have him probably fourth out of those options. No, he probably would be last out of those options. I think I would go Mariota, Golf, Winston and Wentz before him. So yeah, but he he's just an option out there. Um, probably more so for two quarterback leagues. That may be something you have to look at. Um, yeah, all those other dudes have you know they you can you can make a case for their upside. Mariota with um, playing a bad defense and he has the running uh, the the running right. thing in his back pocket. Golf plays with the sun god who could take you know who's who's always the sun open. god. Um, <laughs> And DeAndre Swift can literally fall down, get back up, and score a touchdown on a swing pass, <laughs> um, as we saw. And Jameis, he has good weapons, and Jameis' D 
DGAF. So, you know, there's uh, there's there's more upside in those other those other three for me than uh, than than Jimmy G. But again, if you need him, if you're in a pinch, or if you just really really super need that floor, um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't hate going with him. Yeah, and if you want to keep yourself warm at night, if you go Carson Wentz, he is getting Philly, so you got a revenge game narrative there. But yeah, let's move on here. Uh, let's get Actually, into our last segment. Real quick, no, go ahead. You said a name, Carson Wentz. Um, just real quick, did you know this man is QB three right now? I did not, but I mean, it makes it's sense only- based upon the discussions we've had on the pod about. Washington uh, wide receivers for, you know, waiver options. And then we talked about Dawson today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this man is QB3 right now. Like, something's going on. Something's going on in Washington, um, at least fantasy-wise. At least fantasy-wise. So, if Carson Wentz, you know, I've Carson wasn't on the list, but he's one of those, you know, if he's on your waiver wire, you need to have him scooped up. You know, like, if you if you pick him up, you could probably stop and the way he's been going so far, you know, you pick him up with an eye towards, I don't need to stream anymore. Um, these other guys we mentioned, like, well, except golf, I'd be, I'd be fine. Like, you know, I think I can make a go of it with, with golf as my QB one. Uh, I wouldn't love it, but uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If Wentz is out there, by all means, you know, I'd pick him up over all four of the guys we mentioned today. So, yeah, just a quick aside. Yeah, and then since you had that aside, he's had over 40 attempts in both of those games. So, yeah, they're they're chunking that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we move. Last segment, we get into a little DBB, a.k.a. the Brothers Battle. As mentioned, we are brothers. We like to compete. One of the competitions that we have is a bet contest. We're basically we're betting either the spread or the over under for every game um, of the season. We're putting it in a spreadsheet and then the winner gets bragging rights and also a nice dinner. So let's get into this week. Um, It's a very good week for both of us. Um, First, we'll highlight somebody didn't get their Thursday pick in on time. I'm not going to say yeah. any names, but it runs with Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, do you think, do you know who you would have went with there or what side you would have went? I would have gone KC. Okay. Well, it I worked out for KC. you. And yeah, I would have missed it. <laughs> I would have either gone KC or gone the under. Um, okay. I, and mm-hmm. I probably would have went towards KC. Yeah, I, I would have leaned towards KC though. If I'm, if I'm being 100% onions, I would have gone KC. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked out for you. You end up going 11 and four on the week. That bought you up to 19 and 14 on the season, 58. percent So wait, wait, wait. It's not 11 and five. Like I, I, th- I think that should count as a as a as a missed pick for me, right? That um, not getting that. KC Chargers pick, and I, I think that should make it 11 and 5, right? I mean, we can do that. I was just going to give you a yeah. warning, and then after that, it would just be like a triple loss or something, but we'll just count it as an L. 
Let's do that. Oh yeah, no, no warnings. The, the loss is the warning. <laughs> Got you. So nineteen and fifteen then brings you at fifty five point nine percent. So fifty six percent. I went ten and six again. So I'm sitting at a hefty twenty and twelve. Sixty three percent going. Um, flipping over to our week two sheet. There, is there anything that you wanted to discuss betting wise to, to highlight here? Um, I just wish I had actually gone to the window and bet some of these uh, and, and bet these games, man. Because <laughs> uh, you know, if we just look at the ones that I did pick, um, eleven and four, like, whoa, that would have that would have made some money. Um, I I look back and I don't know what the hell I was thinking with New England and I took the over uh, in New England versus Pittsburgh and the um, oh, on yeah. our sheet we had it uh, we had it at over forty and right. I just I just don't know what the hell I was thinking taking taking the over in um, in that game if if anything that's a game where you take a side um, because. Yeah, you can't really count on any of those offenses. Basically, I'll say this. The only way that game was going over was with at least one defensive touchdown and or special teams touchdown. And so that was a, that was a very, very thin play um, that I should have known better than to do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I look at that and I just don't know where the hell my head was at. Also... Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, going into going into last week, you know, I guess in the lead up to the games, that Washington Detroit game, you know, I took the under on that, and yeah, I I don't looking back on it like process wise, I don't think that was a terrible pick, but like going forward, you know, Detroit. They're looking like they're going to put up points and they're going to give up points. So, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, they're 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 just going to be they're going to be all kinds of fun this year to fun to watch, uh, fun to bet in manageable amounts. <laughs> right, you know, fun fun for fantasy. Uh, this that that team just kind of kind of brings it all. So um, unless I see something egregious. I'm gonna I'm gonna be skeptical about Detroit unders uh going going forward. It's just a that was a fun ass game. Uh that that game with them and uh and, and Washington. So, you know, who 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 would have thought? Who would have thought? But yeah, those, those two stick out <laughs> Not the, me. <laughs> stick out the most. Yeah. Those two yeah. stick out the most. Um and just so, as a, another aside, going back to New England, Pittsburgh. I don't want to watch either of those two teams play anymore this season. Like I am, oh, I am man. done with watching <laughs> either of those teams. Unless Pittsburgh switches to Kenny Pickett, as, as long as Trubisky is quarterbacking them, I'm not going to watch them unless it's an island game. And even then, hopefully there's some baseball on or something. Um, and well, I mean, hold on. You speak the of that thing. they they have an island game on Thursday against Cincy. You watching or not? Nah? Oh, brother. I well, I have to because I'm a degenerate. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna. I just hate that the league. I hate that the league set it up to where I have to do this. Uh, 
Oh my goodness. Um, you know what? I'll watch that just for Cincy. Pretty much ju- just for Cincy and because, like I said, I'm a degenerate. I have to, but man, oh man, that Pittsburgh offense is enough to make you claw your eyes out, man. I just don't want to. I really don't want to watch them. But, yeah, I'll be there with all the rest of y'all on Thursday. So, <laughs> <laughs> I got three things to go on here. Um, first off, I ended up doing a parlay, uh, money line parlay with uh, Jacksonville and Dallas, and that came out very good for me. I only put a, well, basically a half a unit on it. So, But it still came out quite well. Um, also on this sheet, we talked about it first, but that Baltimore-Miami game, I went Baltimore, and, man, my feet were up. I'm thinking I'm cruising this whole time, and that mug, <laughs> that mug went south <laughs> on me real quick, man, really quick. And then um, finally on the Houston and Denver, like that was the first when – I, when I made the sheet, that was the first one um, I was looking at like, yeah, that's the under, bro, because – I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Houston offense. I mean, that's my team. I don't have confidence in them. And I felt like Denver was going to boat race us, but it was going to be like, you know, 30 to to 10 or something like that. But, I mean, that under was in great shape (laughs) early and easy. So, yeah, that's that's all I have for this. I mean, the fact that we both are over fifty percent. I mean, it's only two weeks. It's this is great. It's starting off good. We'll see how we feel by like week eight or nine. <laughs> yeah, once uh once the books start tightening up those lines and whatnot, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, man, if uh, if it keeps going like this, I might um. Like I was telling you via text, I might have to reload that old um, that old Bovada account <laughs> and start sprinkling a few more things. For sure. Before we go, I do want to say um, shout outs to Detroit, man. First time being a favorite in a while and covering. I love it. Yeah. Good for them. Hashtag yeah. good for them. Hey, shout out, um, shout out to Texas too. Two uh, two covers in a row, right? That's right. The Houston covers in the building, baby. Who we got next week? Chicago? Shoot. What's that going to be, man? Probably a weird number, like five or something. Who knows? Yeah, it's probably going to be in that desk. You know what? I have uh, I have the book up right now. Again, excellent podcasting. Um <laughs> So let me see. I feel like uh, it is Chicago minus three. So oh, wow. Okay. The home special. Okay. So huh. man, that's interesting. That's going to be the worst game of the week, isn't it? Uh, Man, I mean, without looking, that probably looks like it. Maybe that's going to be, be the some game points that's... in Atlanta, Seattle, but yeah, that's yeah, that's the worst one. Easy, easy. Yeah, that's the game that when you're watching Red Zone, you're going to be two hours into it, and you will have seen like maybe one highlight. <laughs> and you, oh man, you forgot it was even going on. <laughs> yeah, and my apologies earlier. Pittsburgh is playing Cleveland, not Cincinnati. 
even worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Fair God. enough, man. Well, um, before we get out of here, you got anything? Um, no, man. Um, you know, week two was full of a lot of surprises. You know, there was a lot of other stuff we could have, um, we could have hit on, but, um, yeah, um, I'm happy the way this season is progressing fantasy wise for me so far. And, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week three, trying to keep it going. For sure, man. Same here. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. We will see you guys soon. Take it easy.